2 has entered the podcast. Welcome back, people, to a very special episode of Player 2 has entered the podcast. I am your co-host, Michael Peterson, a.k.a. MC Paper Stacks, and with me as always is my co-host with the co-most. Derek Murkison, a.k.a. the Merkman, a.k.a. Merkaroni and Cheese. A.k.a. we out here surviving in this pandemic, mm. y'all. Hustling. That's right. Digitally, metaphysically, emotionally, in real life. Just, <laughs> it's funny, playing Last of Us 2, I don't know if you had this thought, every time they were like, masks on. Why was I out in the world about to enter a store like, masks on? <laughs> <laughs> no, that didn't come to mind. <laughs> it didn't come to mind? Mask on. Yeah, just, just turning to my family like, hey, I see some spores. Masks right. on. Because them Corona spores, man, they're out there. They just got yeah. our boy Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. Got him good, too. Woo, well, got, if, got him today, if, it's to if be, you want to put a date If on it's it. to be believed. You know what? Let's let's save that for uh, yeah. We'll save that for tomorrow for the numbered episode we record tomorrow. Yeah. So today <laughs> we are doing the spoiler cast for Last of Us Part Two. Oh yeah! I never thought we, we would take it this far, but here yeah. we are. So Sequel to one of the greatest games ever made. Yeah. Let me ask you about that. So let, let's just start it off by talking about the first game just briefly. We ain't got to cover the whole thing. I mean, I think most All folks right. know the story. I played it and I enjoyed it for what it was. I don't think I went back and played it a second time. And the first time I actually played it because I wasn't like maining on PlayStation three in its hay, I actually played the remastered version on PS4. When I first got my PS4, I got it in a bundle of Grand Theft Auto five. Right. I uh, probably get my PS five in a bundle with Grand Theft Auto five. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, in a bundle with Grand Theft Auto five. And I know. Right. Goddamn rockstar <laughs> released a new Grand Theft Auto already, but I and of course I had the DLC. I really enjoyed the DLC, like that prequel with Ellie and her friend, and when they're in that mm-hmm. abandoned mall, I thought that was really cool. But the game overall was a lot of fun, and it's not like it's unlike anything I've ever played before. But they were definitely going for a certain weight, a certain gravitas, especially with how the story ended. And the cool thing about Last of Us Part Two is it kind of picks up right, you know, with Joel recapping what happened at the end of the first game to his brother Tommy. I don't think I was as enamored with the first game as you were, but I definitely respect it, and I could recommend it without caveats. I think it's a great single-player action experience, and you know, it's got survival horror elements. There's definitely some scary parts, but it's more, it more just feels like you know an adventure. You know, you're you're along yeah. the ride going across the country with these two people that are getting to know each other, and you're learning this world and. There's a lot of sadness, a lot of hurt, a lot of violence. I mean, yeah. and I thought that game was violent, but this game really kicked it up a notch. Oh, my God. Yeah, and the main thing that made that game so great to so many people was the relationship between Joel and Ellie. Because if their relationship was shit, then the game wasn't going to be good. What about the relationship really spoke to you? Because I'm not saying that their relationship was bad, but I don't know if it stands out as much as, say, like uh, Kratos and his son. You know what I mean? Uh, well, to say that God of War is not influenced by The Last of Us is... I'm not saying that. Yeah. I'm no, not I know saying you're not saying that, that, but that it definitely is influenced by it. And I feel like just what sticks out for me is that you've got this man who starts out much like Kratos, mm-hmm. except this is not his daughter, not really caring about this girl at all. And then they go through all these trials and tribulations. And then finally, he makes the pretty much ultimate decision to save her life over anyone else's that's in his way. Even though he's been like killing people all the way through the game, he just basically goes back on what he set out to do in the first place. And that was to deliver her to these people Mm -hmm. and really like just the little moments of them, like joking around and him being an old guy and not getting her references or Mm -hmm. her not getting his references from the old world and 
don't know, man. It's just it's just great. It's yeah. really good. Well, I mean, you you have a, a young woman who probably doesn't have a father figure in her life, maybe unconsciously in search of one, then you have an older man who you know, in the very beginning of the game, he watched it happen, lost his daughter that was slightly older than Ellie. And so he has that hole in his heart that uh, that plus the pandemic and, and you know, wheeling and dealing just to stay alive really hardened him. So I suppose to see their relationship form, to soften and kind of open him up to the possibility of caring about somebody again, and then to see her actually, you know, learning to like trust in him and learn from him. I could see how that would speak to a lot of people. Yeah, and this was before I even had a daughter. So I was like, I can't imagine having played that game after Nora was born. Yeah, I think it's kind of silly when people go, oh, you don't get it if you don't have a kid. When it, when it comes to, I, somebody said that to Tim Rogers about God of War. Like, oh, you don't, you're not a dad. You don't understand, man. Which I think it's kind of shitty to say to any person who's not a parent. I will say that when it comes to narratives about parents and children – or husbands and wives, there is an additional element that's kind of indescribable that is taken on when you view that through the lens of somebody who's in that type of relationship. So it is definitely enhanced. But to say that you can't understand it or can't appreciate it, I think is bullshit because you're basically saying that that person doesn't have the capacity to start or maintain a relationship like that. And that is I mean, that's just pretentious as fuck. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I don't mm-hmm. like people who speak about that. But I will agree with you. As a father, I really appreciated God of War for that element. And I, I could see the same thing. But like you, when I first played The Last of Us, I was not a parent yet. So it, I, I could see the dynamic kind of changing there. What yeah. do you think about Joel's decision that he made? I mean, for those who don't know, this is a spoiler cast. So we're going to go into it. So hopefully most people do. But he... You're in a pandemic where if you breathe in spores or if you get bit by one of the infected, you get infected, you go mindless and wild. If you're infected long enough, you turn into these kind of brainless, like mushroom zombie type people. Mushroom uh, tits, baby. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> but she's she's been bitten and she didn't change. And so in her cells lies the key to a cure that could bring the world back because the world is on the brink. I mean – most of the violence in that game is just not even with the monsters, it's with other people, you know, like in a lawless country because you just can't hold it up anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, fascist police state took over trying to hold order and a lot of people didn't like that. And then so you have a lot of breakaways and it is what it is. But they somehow get across the country to this uh, hospital in Seattle and this resistance group called the Fireflies who are going to operate on Ellie to get a cure but then it's discovered that in order to do that, they're going to have to kill her. And so when Joel gets that news, he decides, nah, fuck that. And he yeah. he Let shoots, he, sh- he guns down fireflies. A lot of people who never really hurt anybody or who, who would be presumed innocent, the doctors, anybody in that hospital went down. Anybody that got in his way, they even looked like they were going to try to stop him. And he took mm-hmm. Ellie out of there. And when she woke up, he lied to her and said that. They, they couldn't get a cure, and it is what it is, right? Yeah. So given all of that, I mean, where do you stand with his decision, and what do you think about it? I mean, it's definitely very selfish on his part, but throughout the whole game, he's done nothing but display that he's a selfish individual Yeah. anyway, so to expect anything different from him was really asking way too much, because at the end of the day, he's just a person, mm-hmm. and he's willing to do what he needs to do for the people he loves. Would you have handled that situation any differently if you were in the in his shoes? I know it's hard to say, but have you ever thought about that? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm going to do 
just like him, I'm going to do what I need to do to protect mine. Mm-hmm. So if that was Nora lying on that table and they were like, hey, she's got to die in order to kill the world, I'm like, well, fuck the world then. Because she's my world. You know what I mean? I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. I It's hard for me to say. Like, I love Ben to death. And it's if I'm not sure how old Ellie was supposed to be. Would you say she was probably like between 12 and 14? Yeah. If 12, 13, 14 year old Ben was lying on that table. I think what I would probably have done is, I mean, a they they the way they broke it to him was fucked up. So already I'd be yeah I'd be kind of upset. But I would have I would have demanded that they let him make that decision, mm-hmm. and I would try my best to respect that decision. I would hate for that to happen to him. But if he chose that, if he chose to sacrifice himself to help the world keep spinning, I'd be immensely proud of him. And I wouldn't take that choice from him because I feel like if you care about somebody enough, and again, this is not to say that you doing this is selfish or that he was selfish. Although I mean, the way he went about it, I think we can both agree it was selfish, but yeah. at the end of the day, like I'd like to think I'd have enough strength and I, I can't say for sure. It's a really hard to, you know, thing to put yourself in the shoes of until you're actually in it. But I, I want to be able to say that I'd give him the agency that I would love him enough to trust him to make that choice. And if he said no, and they tried to force him, all bets are off. Oh, yeah. Right. And again, regardless of how he went about it and how it all went down, it did go down. Right. He eventually throughout the game, he breaks it to her. She's understandably upset. And they kind of and this all kind of happens through flashbacks. But by the time we get to start playing as her in the game, she already knows what he's done. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they're kind of on the outs a little bit, but they kind of still care about each other, obviously. So, uh, yeah, it's a hard decision to make. The game itself it man somebody put it best recently i think it was i was listening to jim sterling the other day he was like trying to talk about this is like trying to climb a mountain covered in soap i don't even know where to where to get a grip at right (laughs) there's there's so much to talk about i mean i guess we could start with just the overarching story and kind of get that out of the way and then we can get to the nitty-gritty of the other parts i mean yeah you see ellie and joel they're living in this community ellie's old enough to go out on patrols they they look for infected they look for supplies they go out usually two by two she's got her own drama going on apparently she's she kissed some girl who just recently broke up with a friend of hers and whatever right. good stuff though and I, I like her relationship with the girl her name is dina that's interesting that dynamic and then dina's ex-boyfriend jesse and how they're all still friends and kind of trying to work it out yeah and then you also get introduced into some new characters. You get introduced to this woman named Abby, who I don't know if you got the tickets, but she brings the gun show for sure. Oh, yeah. Wow. She is jacked, dude. Holy crap. I'm yeah, it's, uh, crazy impressed. The whole time I was like, Abby, you got to give me them tips. How did right. you get, How do you so get jacked? that jacked in the apocalypse? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And you only get a lot of one burrito per trip? Come on now. <laughs> right. <laughs> I need to know that secret, but... You can tell, and I kind of had an idea it was Joel, mainly because I've been partially spoiled about what happens in the beginning of, you know, towards the beginning of the game. But she finds out that somebody is in the settlement where Joel and Ellie is that she's very interested in. She's talking to her ex boyfriend about it, Owen. Mm-hmm. Like, we found him. We got to do something about it. And you kind of bounce back and forth between Ellie and Dina's patrol and Abby trying to figure out how to get some more information on the encampment. Abby gets in big trouble. She gets chased by a lot of infected, like a, wa- a huge wave. Like I was like, yeah, oh. the whole time I was playing that was section, awesome. that was intense. Yeah, this game has a lot of really good set pieces. And one of the, the really cool set pieces early on was Abby getting ambushed by like 
what I would say is probably dozens, if not hundreds, but at least dozens of infected. Mm-hmm. And just trying to like get through this mountain covered in snow alive. And while she's getting through and you think she might be, this might be the end for Abby, but who comes in? Joel and Tommy. Joel and, out, Tommy. Joel and Tommy out on a patrol saves her and all three of them fight to survive. She lets them know that she's staying with some friends nearby. So they kind of weave their way to the location where her friends are at and uh, everything seems cool. And they're both kind of weary of each other, as you would be in Apocalypse, where people are kind of violently robbing and attacking each other, trying to survive. Mm-hmm. And it quickly turns out that the person she was looking for actually was Joel. Around that time, Ellie found out kind of where Joel was or was tracking him. And then she tries to ambush them, but she gets caught and forced down. And Abby is not very happy with Joel. Not at all? No. And neither are a lot of her friends, but Abby definitely seems to be the one that's most pissed off. She basically bashes his skull in right in front of Ellie, which drives her almost insane. Yeah, she's playing a few rounds of Hot Shots Golf. Yeah, yeah, no. Skull. She got at least, uh, I want to say a par, possibly a birdie on Joel's skull (laughs) for sure. I mean, she's got them guns, so she works them over pretty good. And they actually let Ellie and Tommy go. Now, Tommy, again, is Joel's brother. And Tommy's keen on getting revenge, and so is Ellie. The uh, the mayor of their little encampment is trying to talk him out of it. By the way, Tommy's married to her. Right. And Tommy just heads out without Ellie. So Ellie decides she's going to go too. Dina goes with her. And you kind of kick the game off proper. We're on, a, we're on a revenge quest. Yes. We don't know exactly why Abby killed Joel. But I have an idea. I mean, even Ellie was like, well, he's pissed off a lot of people. <laughs> right. Could be any number of things that he's done in his smuggling past or... You know, since the pandemic, that would have caused somebody to want to take revenge on him. But for whatever the case, they're out to take their own revenge. And and the game goes through a lot of flashbacks, different sections of Joel and and Ellie hanging out. You know, like Ellie's birthday, he takes her to like this uh, old dinosaur museum he found, which is really cool. um, That was like the giraffe moment for this game. Yeah, it was it was actually really cute. There's a lot of I like how this game goes between like the action segments, the exploration segments, and then kind of like the set piece moments, especially when you go back and just kind of have those conversations. It's very good at character development and character building and really getting you to care about all the characters, Mm -hmm. at least in the first half. So, you know, long story short, Ellie kind of gets a list of all the people in that room that wronged her and she goes about systematically hunting each of them down, either killing them finding them already killed or torturing information out of them for the next person. And along the way, she's killing a lot of people in this new group called like the the wolves. Was it? Yeah. Wolves, scars. Yeah. There, there's two factions in Seattle because they have to go all the way back to Seattle because that's where these people are based. There's the wolves and people who call themselves the Seraphites. The wolves call them scars because the Seraphites actually cut on their faces as part of like a religious kind of ceremony, I guess, because, the person that started their order or the martyr that the wolves killed that kind of indoctrinated them all into this way of thinking talked about how they come in imperfect in an imperfect world. So they, I guess, to cast off vanity to kind of take on the humility of their doctrine, they cut on their faces and presumably they cut the faces of their babies is, is how it's done, which is kind yes. of fucked up when you think Wanna about it. Want to know how I got these scars? Yeah, well, there's a few stories probably. But <laughs> yeah, so the wolves derogatorily refer to them as scars, but the Seraphites don't like that. They call themselves Seraphites. So they're a little religious and nutty, but the wolves are very militant and, and cr- they're neither of them are great groups, right? 
Right. They're both like two sides of a very fucked up kind of groupthink coin. And you end up fighting and killing a lot of them on either side, just trying to survive to get to your mission to get to Abby and Co. And this is kind of where the, the game didn't lose me, but the characters lost me. And not necessarily in a bad way, but let me, I'm rambling on a lot. Let me stop and ask you, over the course of the game, as Ellie began to get grayer and grayer, kill people who were unarmed, kill people who were defenseless, kill anybody she really came across, and kind of go where she went, like, what what was going through your mind? Like, what were you thinking as a player controlling somebody that just so hell-bent on revenge, fuck anybody who gets in her way? Yeah. I was like, oh, she's turning into Joel. Yeah. Like, legit. Like, when she killed Vita Girl, I was like, not Vita Girl. <laughs> she's playing a PlayStation Vita. I know. That song was slamming, too. Yeah. What's funny is she goes through and kills some of these people, and then you have flashbacks where you uh, – because that's the, that's the other surprise of the game. You go through all the way up until you pretty much get everybody but Abby, and Abby gets the drop on you. Then, boom, you shoot all the way back to the beginning of the game, but she plays Abby, so you see what she was mm-hmm. up to. You talk to all her friends, Vita Girl. You get to know them mm-hmm. and their origins and motivations. And you learn that Abby took revenge on Joel because Abby's dad was the guy that was going to do the surgery on Ellie. Woo, full circle, baby. Full circle. And shot him down. And Abby found her dead dad and was like, Joel's, Joel's going to get it. you know. So she mm-hmm. held on to that revenge for a long time. And she's completely justified. Yeah, I, I understand exactly where she's coming from with that. And she even let Ellie and, and Tommy go because they weren't a part of it. But uh, that might have been a mistake. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I have to agree with you. I feel like she was turning into something even worse than Joel. I feel oh, yeah. like. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I, I think the reason why a lot of people didn't like this game, like legitimately, let's save the whole like i really looked up and identified with joel and i was mad that he died because you missed the fucking point of the first game if that's your takeaway right. um and beyond the whole like oh it's an sjw game because there's a strong woman in it fuck there's off a strong woman and they're lesbians Jesus. go get laid whatever it's like what year are we in exactly but no like a legitimate complaint and i understand where people are coming from is they didn't like what they did to the characters like with ellie they didn't like the decisions they were making. And I got to admit, like, if you go back and watch my playthrough on YouTube, I'm like, when, especially towards the end, when I think Abby gives her another chance to survive Ellie, mm-hmm. Ellie's like, I got to go do this. She has a family. Dina had a baby. They're like, they got this nice little house. And she's like, I just, I just, I just got to go get my revenge. And I'm like, no, Ellie, no, you don't, <laughs> you know? And I've never played a game where I was so just not behind what the protagonist was doing. I was so anti, like, no, don't do this. But I think that because people have such a need to identify with the protagonist of a story they're invested in, that can be a turnoff for a lot of people. Right. I've mentioned this movie before, but I don't know if I was talking to you or somebody else. Uh, have you seen There Will Be Blood? You were talking to me. And no, I still have not seen it. Okay. I need to show that to you. I don't know if it was in reference to this game or not, but th- that movie comes to mind whenever I think of this style of narrative. When you have a main character or protagonist you're following that is an unredeemable son of a bitch, right? Mm-hmm. And that's how it is with There Will Be Blood. Daniel Day-Lewis's character, you're not meant to identify with him. But I think that breaks the brains of a lot of us because the rules are the protagonist, even if they're an anti-hero, 
they're supposed to speak to you in some way, right? Especially mm-hmm. if the framing of the movie is following them. And sometimes a movie, people get really confused. A movie can even justify the actions of a villain in a certain way that they frame shots. But it's supposed to encourage understanding, not alignment. A good example of that would be Killmonger. I had a lot of friends after Black Panther who were like, Killmonger was right, 100%. And I was like, ooh, back up on the percentage there. <laughs> I'm like, he definitely... You can't kill everyone. <laughs> his, his anger was justified, and he definitely was owed retribution. He was owed justice. The way that he went about it was wrong as shit. You can still understand a person's motivations, and you can even identify with them to a point without condoning the actions that they take. Yeah, like I liken it to uh, Joker, mm-hmm. which was an amazing movie. Vicky I love actually, Joker. Yeah. yeah, I just shared that, watched it with Vicky the other day. Yeah. And she's like, oh my God, this movie is so good. I love it. I was like, right? Yeah. And then all the people that were complaining like, oh, this is showing us that uh, it's okay to be a crazy white guy and do all types of A lot of people said things. that didn't even watch it, to be honest. Yeah, and uh, I'm just going through watching the movie and I'm like, no, it's really, it's a movie about how... Well, just like uh, Joker said in The Dark Knight, everybody's just one bad day away from going fucking nuts. I will say that upon scrutiny, it sometimes conflicts with this message because sometimes he's political, sometimes he's not. Sometimes it's it's one bad day. Sometimes it's everybody just uncharacteristically shitting on him. Like I can mm-hmm. see some legitimate complaints in there, but overall, I actually really dug the movie. And again, I enjoy movies like that where you watch the fall of somebody and you watch them go through it and see how they come out the other side. And it is not always clean. All right. So, but yeah, I think for movies like that where you're following somebody, you're not anybody identifies with Daniel Day-Lewis or the Joker or whoever, you need help, sir. But mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think some people need to identify with the main character so much. And this, this is to bring it back to my point that if they don't, that equates to bad. Yeah. And I think that there are expectations. I think this is even more so in video games because that's the thing. I really felt the dissonance in this. Usually mm-hmm. when I'm watching a movie with a son of a bitch as a character, I'm like, man, they suck. But I feel disembodied. Right. I was actively pushing Ellie forward and murdering these people. And like there were some times where I was choking somebody out and I was like, I'm sorry. This sucks. <laughs> I really don't want to do this. I kind of have to, though. got to get to Abby. Yeah. Like, I remember that, that part where she was going to torture that girl. I can't remember her name. Her name uh, was Nora. Oh, of course yeah. you remember that. Fuck I was dude. like, oh, I'm sorry. no, I don't want to beat up Nora. I don't want to kill Nora, no. I, I sat there for a while, like, not wanting to press the button. I was like, are you going to make me? I really don't want to do this. Even Metal Gear, if you if you refuse to shoot the boss, eventually it takes over and shoots the boss for you. Yeah. Not this game. This game's like, no, you're going to torture her for information. Right, and you're going to like it. Yeah, so... This man, this game was incredibly violent. Like, I respect the tech that went into it because people's faces blew off all different kinds of ways if you were paying attention. Mm-hmm. But man, oh man, did it get to me after a little while? Like, I was like, I'm glad I'm only playing these game, this game in short bursts because I need to decompress. Mm-hmm. It was incredibly violent, but overall, I really liked it. I liked that I was taken on this ride with characters making decisions I would never make. And I liked seeing the theme of revenge play out in so many different dynamics. The theme Mm -hmm. of revenge between the wolves and the Seraphites, between Abby and Joel, between Ellie and Abby, between, you know, like all these different characters. 
and all of the collateral damage and the destruction of lives that went into it the destruction of ellie's family with dina the destruction of jesse not being there for his son the the destruction of, of joel the destruction of abby's normal family life all those fireflies the destruction of like the wolves and the seraphites constantly coming for each other right yeah. And how it was never worth it, man. And it never solved anything. It was this cyclical, violent kind of back and forth that was just never ending. It was it the whole game was like an Uroboros of revenge, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was I think revenge speaks to us all on a, a primal level. I think You ever, wronged me. Every yeah, ever since the first monkey stole another monkey's banana, we were all like, fuck that. Get him. <laughs> because if you don't, then everyone else is like, oh, you can take his banana. He ain't going right. to shit. Anytime. Right? So we get that. We have that primal instinct for revenge to protect ours. But then you juxtapose that against a civilized society. And then you take that society and you break it back down and you show what that does to us. you know. And, and I've seen a lot of narratives about the bad side of revenge. But this is probably one of the better ones. Like I really appreciate this game. One, just for graphically, it's gorgeous. We haven't even got to the gameplay, but we will. But also just for the theme of revenge and the way that it plays out its characters, a lot of people didn't enjoy it. I really did. It's very sad and it stuck to my ribs in kind of like a melancholy way. But I I really applaud Naughty Dog. I think it was a fantastic game. Yeah. And I, I like when a character does something that I want to do myself. Like yeah. when, because I mean, that's when you get the best reactions, I think. Mm. Like when Ellie decided that she was going out, we were both like, Oh, why the fuck would you do that? You have a family, you're happy. But that's what makes it. Potato, potato. Yeah, right. That's to me what makes me emotionally invested in it because it's like, ah, shit. She's in that deep. Mm -hmm. Like she can see no other way than to continue to seek this vengeance. I mean, she's pretty much grown up in this apocalyptic, like she's grown up post pandemic and she does not have the psychological tools to get over this. Right. Because even Abby... Abby actually, to me, was probably one of my favorite characters in this because you saw Abby. Ooh, did don't grow. let him hear you say that. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Uh, but no, I'm serious. Abby had real growth. Yeah. You know? Like she, she started young and innocent and full of hope. She was hurt. She took out a revenge. She saw the folly in it. She saw the destruction that it wrought. She redeemed herself by trying to save those two seraphites. Even in the end, her first thought as soon as she came down – and man, she was emaciated and wasted away. We'll talk about that in a second. But yeah. her first thought was her friend, Lev, and getting mm-hmm. getting him out of there. And all Ellie wanted to do was fight, you know? So to kind of like sum it up, so you have Ellie going after Abby. You have Abby finding out that Ellie killed all her friends, including her ex-boyfriend and her ex-boyfriend's girlfriend who was pregnant. And Ellie didn't yeah. know. She found out afterwards and she got really sick about it, but she still kept going. Yeah. Abby finally confronts Ellie, presumably kills Tommy, but apparently he survived. I thought she killed him. Yeah, I thought Kills Jesse because he just busts through a door. And then yeah. you have a boss fight against Ellie, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. You were going to say something about Jesse? Yeah, I, that was the one part that I didn't – because I'm one of the people that really like Jesse. No, he's cool. You know, he was cool. Yeah. And just normally characters that you get that close to and whatnot aren't killed so unceremoniously. And people yeah. were saying that Joel was killed unceremoniously, but I was like, that was incredibly ceremonious. They had an audience and everything. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like Jesse just kind of went out and I was like, no. Yeah. Jesse. 
which is uh, probably a little bit more realistic to how it would go down. Yeah, it's just yeah. pop and you're gone, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, having a boss fight against Ellie was interesting because I was like, I'll just whoop her ass. I'm jacked up Abby. But then right. she was doing all that Psych. gorilla shit. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. She has bombs We're and stuff. actually badass. Yeah. <laughs> so that was cool. And then she was like, you know, I let you live. I let you and that guy live. And you fucking wasted it, right? And then she was about to kill Dina. And Ellie was like, she's pregnant. And Abby stops. And even Lev comes up like, don't do it, you know? And so Abby comes full circle. And she's like, you're right. I have to stop. Well, and, before that, before that, she's she's like she's pregnant. She's like good. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. She almost shit. did it. I was like, oh no, but she did stop, and she took Lev, and they went on their quest to try to, you know, which is what her ex boyfriend was trying to do: find other fireflies and, and get back to her old life. She had yeah. given up on that, right? But she gets captured by a local gang trying to find fireflies. When Ellie finds out through Tommy that, and Tommy can't go because he's disabled, so he he's like pressures Ellie to go, which was shitty. But uh, very Ellie uncharacteristic find... of Tommy. Yeah, he had more of a revenge boner than I thought he did. Yeah. But um, yeah, he sa- he basically coerces Ellie to go out against Dina's wishes to try to find Abby. By the time she gets to Abby, Abby must have been prisoner with this gang for months because she was hanging from a fucking cross on a beach. She was emaciated, and it was almost—I'm not even gonna say almost—it was hurtful. It was—it was disheartening to see how worn down she was and just to imagine what she had went through they cut her hair you know what i mean and like she she, lost her muscles yeah yeah like she was emaciated and like i was amazed that lev was even still alive like lev was like what like 12 yeah but even then even after ellie saw that and cut her down ellie was like no we gotta finish this yeah fuck that and at the very end ellie decided not to kill her she had her dead to rights she had her under the water she was going to drown her and she finally let her go it was like a flash of Joel's smile that I think snapped her back. Like, mm-hmm. is this really what Joel would have wanted? You know? I don't even... Well, we can talk about this later, but I don't even think that's what it was. Okay. Well, let's talk about it now. What What do you think stopped Ellie from killing Abby? I think that... Well, throughout the whole story, we know that Ellie's already known what Joel did, and she eventually comes to a point where she's able to talk to him and... Start to rebuild that relationship back up. Yeah, so, and ultimately forgive him. And I think that and I've heard a lot of people say this, but I think that that's kind of what was happening there is that she saw his face and was like, well, I forgave Joel and this is like kind of going on long enough. Maybe I should just let it go. Could be. Could be. That's actually a really good theory. I to me, the way I took it was she was doing all this for Joel. Right. Mm hmm. And as she was about to achieve her goal, as she was about to kill Abby, she had a flash and it was that memory where she kind of walked. It's the memory where they did reconcile. Mm-hmm. And to me, it felt like she was remembering the spirit of that re- reconciliation and that forgiveness. And she just mm-hmm. she just knew that that's not what he would have wanted. But I think we're getting at the same thing. Yeah. Well, and I would say that if Joe, if the positions were switched, Joe would have fucking killed her. Joel would have killed Abby. No questions. Yeah. So that's that's the only reason why. I and and that and that's probably true, but I, I'm I'm talking about if he was somehow able to speak to her from beyond. I don't think he would want her to turn into that. You're right. Yeah. He was already gone. If you completely flipped it, you're probably right. But I want to believe that because she was able to learn from his mistakes and be able to reconcile what he did and understand the effect that it had, that it finally dawned on her that this is this is not going to help anything and this is not at all in the spirit of like where she was at with him before he right. died. 
I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, maybe we'll never know exactly why she did it, but the damage was done. She goes back to that house she had with Dina. Dina packed all her stuff, left all of Ellie's stuff there, of course. Mm-hmm. Dina took her baby and left. She's like, I can't do this no more. Mm-hmm. And this is funny. This is the part where I'm stupid. During the fight, <laughs> Abby bites two of Ellie's fingers off on her left which, hand. Which, how? Oh, you can do that. Are you kidding me? Although, you know, yeah, you're right. With her with her being emaciated, the fact that she had yeah. that much strength. Adrenaline, maybe? I don't fucking know, man. Her yeah. jawline was strong. So, yeah. what, for whatever reason, for however it happened, Ellie's tiny little baby fingers were, were bitten off. <laughs> and it was funny because she, when she went into the house, she went into her room and all her stuff was there, including her guitar. And she tried to play Joel's song. But the guitar wasn't sounding right. And I was like, oh, maybe it's out of tune to yeah, symbolize, <laughs> symbolize her relationship and how it's broken down. And then later on, I was like, I was laying in bed and I was like, no, because her fingers were bit off. So she couldn't play the chords, idiot. <laughs> so that will forever be on YouTube. My dumbass take. Um, but yeah, she she left the guitar at the house and just walked away. That's the last scene you see because she can't play it anymore because she lost that ability. Mm-hmm. She lost her family. She lost the the gift of music that Joel had given her. She lost everything. And for what? You know? And I mean, it just really drove home the pointlessness of her quest and her revenge. I mean, I don't know if... I can't recall if throughout the game she even stopped to consider that... Not so much that Joel deserved it, because who really deserves to die that way? But the fact that he had it coming. Yeah, he definitely definitely did. It's just... It's tragedy. So, yeah, that's the story. I mean, any story beats you think we might have missed? I mean, there's a whole lot there. We're talking about, what, like a good 25 hours of gameplay, perhaps? Yeah, yeah that took me about 30, but I, I think we pretty much hit everything. Like, there's the different set piece moments that, like, the Rat King, and yeah, which was fucking terrifying. Yeah, no, it's, it's a cool game. Well, let's just get into the game itself. I mean, it is a video game, so... yeah. Like I said before, you have your set piece moments, you got your exploration, you got your combat. What'd you think about all that? Honestly, it was extremely similar to the first game. Almost carbon copy. That's how I felt about it. I would say, I would agree with you, except for I would say that it was refined and improved in every single way. Mm -hmm. But refinement and drastic change are two very different things. So I would agree with you that it pretty much was the same. Yeah, I did uh, enjoy when you switched from Ellie to Abby that Abby had a different loadout. Yeah. Like she got the sawed off shotgun and a flamethrower, and they just played more to her brutality. Well, she had a different and, melee mechanic too, right? Like yeah. She, yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I agree. Like she could, she could beat clickers and shit to death. And uh, Ellie was more like the sneaky, smart, you know, she had the. Uh, Pipe bomb? Were they pipe bombs or were they? Uh... Well, yeah, she had proximity mines. Basically, yeah, proximity they would blow mines. up when they get near you. She had smoke bombs so she could get away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I agree with you. Ellie was more guerrilla tactics and kind of shock and awe, but kind of staying out of it. Almost, I wouldn't go so far as to say ninja, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Whereas she was, she was the ghost. Abby was a little bit more in your face and physical, and she even had that mechanic where if she was fighting melee, she would actually have like increased damage as she went from opponent to opponent. You know, and you could build that yeah. up. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and I like the little collection mechanic too, where Ellie was collecting like superhero cards, and Abby was collecting coins that her father would have appreciated, like different quarters that had the states on the back. Yeah. Uh, which got us that whole discussion about superhero cards. And then you gave me a bunch of them. Do you know I actually almost have all of the Marvel 1992 comic book cards? I think I may be on like maybe – I need like four of them. <laughs> from Damn. The collection. Yeah, I put them in a book. 
I was talking. I was thinking about actually talking about them on the podcast, just pulling out like like a rando, going. So uh, this person's power level. I I, right. I enjoyed so much picking up those cards in the game and reading about all these made up superheroes from like the you know the in game universe. It was fun. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. I w- I would say um, it could feel samey at times. Like every every encounter did not really play out the same way, but you were using similar tactics, right? Mm-hmm. and you were constantly juggling exploration and, and getting supplies with taking out anybody in the area and trying to survive. It was tense, and there were a lot of, like, jump scare moments, a lot of... I gotta tell you, towards the end, I was getting a little sick of, well, I'm like, there's there's three ways we can move on from this area. We can fall down from something. <laughs> we can get ambushed and be carried somewhere by the person that ambushed us. Or we can just, you know, go do a flashback, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's usually what happened. I'd be walking along like, oh, things are pretty good. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> so, and that happened more often. Like, they really leaned on the surprise attack a lot, which, I mean, kind of makes sense thematically, but it got a little old towards the end. Like, I could almost predict it. I was like, I'm going to walk around this corner and somebody's going to hit me on the back of the head. And I'm yeah. going to black out. And I'm going exactly to caught up in happened. this rabbit trap. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, um, gameplay-wise, it didn't feel overly difficult. I definitely died a lot. Whenever I died, it did feel like it was my fault. It had that kind of good combat flow, similar to Ghost of Tsushima. Not near as good as Ghost of Tsushima, obviously. Oh, yeah. uh, because it's just, that's apples and oranges, to be honest. I don't think that's mm-hmm. that. This game's, it's not this game's strength or its weakness. Combat is just another gameplay element that they throw into the mix that is refined and fun, but it's not the thing, the singular singular thing that makes it shine. Right. But yeah, to say that when you die, it feels like it's your fault, you're doing it right. You know, yeah, yeah. I was never like, that's cheap. I mean, very occasionally, maybe, but I mean... You I shouldn't have ran out into the middle of that field, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing that really stands out. Like, there wasn't too many times where I was like, what the hell? So... There was occasionally where I was like, oh, not supposed to go that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that type of thing. So I, I mentioned it briefly earlier. The tech of uh, like blowing people's limbs off or like the violence was like really well done graphically. I was like, whoa, if you shoot them in the ear, that ear comes off, y'all. Like, yeah. So that was actually kind of impressive. And I really like the set piece moments. I like the moments when you're running from a bunch of infected or you're having a chill moment with character building. You're like going through an aquarium or an abandoned zoo or a museum or different parts of like downtown Seattle. You're exploring, you're finding secrets. You feel like a genius badass when you find like, oh, the, the combo to the safe is the the employee of the month. He's a good boy. Yeah. That, I didn't like the safe stuff. Oh, you didn't? Yeah. I was just like, just give me the stuff. <laughs> I kind of enjoyed the, the, the light environmental puzzles. It helped switch things up, you know, using different parts of my brain, so to speak. And yeah. I always felt really smart when I figured it out. Were there any um, particular puzzles you found too difficult or and or too easy or anything that stood out? Or I think the first rope puzzle mm-hmm. was one that uh, took a little while for me to figure out. I was like, where the fuck is this rope supposed to go? Because <laughs> at this point, you know, this is your first time seeing this rope, so it's like, okay. You're not really the, sure, like, what you can do yeah, with the rope. Yeah. What are the mechanics of the rope? Can I mm-hmm. throw this rope over there and do all this with the rope? Can I tie it around myself? What can I do with this rope? Yeah. I really like, this brings up a mechanic we haven't talked about. I really like that if you play long enough, it'll ask you if you want a hint and just kind of show you the direction you need to go. Even if I kind of knew where to go, I'd always press that, so at least I'd know for sure. 
because it really helped me go everywhere I wasn't supposed to go first to make sure that I picked up all the supplies I could. Because that's right. the name of the game, man. Like, you don't want to go any into any combat encounter not having picked up as much ammo and supplies for crafting as you could. Yeah. So I and was. Did, did you? Sorry. No, did you know that there was an option for auto pickup? I didn't. Yes. So I was watching a. Uh, I was watching Nakey Jakey on YouTube. If you have not seen his videos. Okay. So fucking hilarious. But. Uh, <laughs> He did a video on The Last of Us 2, and he was talking about how there's an auto-pickup feature that they do not tell you about. And literally, you as soon as you get close to something, you'll pick it up. Because there's never something that you're not going to pick up. You're always going to pick up everything you see. Well, unless you're full up on that particular thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, but then you, you, then you can't pick it up. But yeah. like, there's never something like, oh, should I pick this up? No, I need this space for this. You yeah. know? So, wish I would have known that. Yeah, that would have <laughs> been nice. Worn out my triangle button, but... One less button to have to keep jamming on. Right. That is interesting. Yeah, I really like accessibility features coming out in a lot of games nowadays. There are varying level of degrees of um, button presses. Like, to give an example, in Ghost of Tsushima, you probably knew this, uh, the the bamboo cutting minigame. Mm-hmm. You can make it so there's not a time limit for those button presses, so that way you have all the time in the world, but you still have to press the buttons in the right sequence. Really? Yeah, you didn't know that? No. It's under accessibility features. Oh, I just did them all because I'm I didn't, more like that. Yeah, no, I, I didn't do it for the stream, but when I was playing it casually, I turned that on because, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, right. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, and it's, it's good because if you have, you know, maybe carpal tunnel or you have some cor- sort of hand condition or you're just, you're not that fast. It's just not your thing, right? You're not a right. button masher. Mm-hmm. Then at least it gives you that grace. And I can appreciate that. I can. Yeah. That's actually really cool. That way you can kind of tweak the challenge to yourself. I think I've said pretty much everything that I need to say about this game. I can't think of much else to say. You got any uh, last thoughts? Let's see. I think by the end of it, Abby is pretty much the protagonist of the story. Mm-hmm. Well, honestly, she's the only one that got what she wanted, <laughs> which is crazy Did to she? think that she, I mean, she got her and left. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, she got her vengeance. Uh, yeah, all her friends died, but she was able to actually move on and have someone. Ellie gets nothing. Potentially. I mean, she was probably presumably going back to the settlement to kind of restart over, you know. And she's young, you know, and uh, I don't know. I What do, what do you think? What, what do you think we have in store for a third, a, a Last of Us Part 3? What, what are we looking at there, you think? I feel like we're shifting the series towards Abby. Really? Honestly. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, they, it would be suicide. <laughs> it would be suicide for Naughty Dog to do that, because everybody'd be like, "I don't want to fucking play as Abby. You already made me play as Abby, and I hate her." Yeah. But I think it would be really interesting to see where her and Lev's story could go. Because I mean, Ellie, I think we've seen everything we can see from her emotionally. Mm-hmm. So it only makes sense to move on to a different character or completely different characters. Because there's infinite amount of stories that can be told in that universe. That's true. That's true. So, like I, you've got more fireflies mm. in whole other states. So that's yeah. yeah. And they made wolves and seraphites out of whole cloth. They can do that again, certainly. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that there could be more to tell about Ellie because, again, Abby completed her arc. Ellie didn't. I mean, I guess her arc is I didn't learn, and here's the consequences of it. The end. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, she didn't kill Abby, so that's something. That's a little bit of growth. It was just right there at the tail end, and it cost her everything. 
So I think there could be more to tell. You know, maybe maybe they could shoot forward a few years. She's a lot older, and maybe she did find somebody else. Maybe she had a kid. Maybe that somebody else like died or went off somewhere, and now she's you know. There's different things you can do with that. You're right. They could continue Abby's story too. I don't think it would be the suicide that people could assume because I think that it's a small yet vocal subset of people who have a real big problem with Abby. Yeah. I I don't by any means think that there, I can't think, I can't wake up in this 2020 environment, in this pandemic and think that there are me- that many crappy people in this world. I just can't. <laughs> I have to believe that a good number of us are like smart enough and emotionally intelligent enough to be able to to like not just be offended by the sight of her. So yeah, I think it also has to do with the fact that she killed Joel, and there are those people that hang but, on to that. But and again, if you identify with Joel, what is your damage? Like, yeah. I get if you like Joel because I kind of like Joel. I think I think he was doing the best he could with the tools that he had. I think he went through a lot of hurt, and that was his line of thought. That doesn't mean that I have to be like. I mean, when he died, I was like, well, yeah, that shit was going to come on him at, uh, at some point, you know? I was shocked. I didn't get any spoilers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that threw me all the way. I was like, fuck, because I shotgunned him in the leg. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is going on? But were you sad? Like, after it happened, were you, like, dejected and sad? No. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't cry any tears or anything. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I was the same way when I learned about it. I was like, you know, I, I bet that was a powerful moment. I kind of wish I would have been able to see it for myself. But Well, yeah, I, I was sad for Ellie because at that point in the game, I didn't know if she had reconciled with him or not. Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. that's what makes so it that, more powerful. Yeah, that was my big thing. I was like, oh, no, she never got to tell him how she felt. And he never got to come out and tell the truth. Oh. Yeah. yeah, there is that. I don't know. I guess I guess we'll have to see what happens in the next game. Are you uh, are you psyched and down to play it if it comes out? I mean, if it comes out, I'm definitely gonna buy it, but it's not gonna be a day one. You don't think so? Okay. Nah. Is it just because they didn't switch up enough with the sequel, or uh, I know the you gameplay... were super hype after the first one. You love that game. Yeah, like the gameplay was pretty samey to me, and mm-hmm. I don't know. It's something that I could catch in a bargain bin. Okay. Fair enough, fair enough. I remain the same as I was about the first game, whereas it's pretty fun. To, again, I'm not a day one, just like it wasn't with the second one or the first one, to be honest. It's definitely something I think I'll want to play because I think it's decent to go through at least once for the story and the experience. Mm-hmm. And Naughty Dog, congratulations. Just, you know, mwah. Uncharted, Last of Us, like the, the experiences that they craft, like, you know, telling stories, uh, using games as a medium. I mean, they're they're up there. They really yeah. are. They mm-hmm. some of the greatest stories that I've seen have come from them, and that's that's great. So yeah. I wish them well, and I, I hope the next game, you know, really switches it up in the gameplay department. But if it doesn't, I'm fully convinced the story will not disappoint. Yeah, it'll either be called the Rest of Us or the First of Us. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, those of us, <laughs> those of us. <laughs> so we survived uh, part two. <laughs> rating. Out of five, what would you give Last of Us Part Two? Mm, probably a three and a half. Fair enough. I think uh, I think I would give it a solid four. Yeah, like it didn't it didn't blow me away, but it it affected me enough to where I think it stands above the average. Like it stands above the pack for sure. Yeah, it was also longer than it needed to be. I feel, especially with Abby's portion. Yeah, they, they pulled a Metal Gear Solid 2, like, we're halfway through the game. You're like, this is wrapping up kind of quickly. 
and then uh, and then boom, you're playing as Abby and you shoot all the way back to the beginning. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, and I think I don't know if we've talked about this before, but I feel like if we had swapped back and forth between Abby and Ellie, mm-hmm. then Ellie killing her friends would have had more emotional impact. Because if we play as Abby and then we see her friends and we see how cool they are and then you switch back to Ellie and then it's like, fuck, no, I just met Miguel. You know what I kind of liked about it? It gave us retroactive regret. Mm -hmm. So you go through in the beginning, you're like, fuck these people, right? You know? Yeah. And then when you go back to get to know, oh, they're actually human beings with thoughts, feelings, hopes, and dreams. And you're like, oh, shit, I did that. And then when you go to finish it off, that's that because it's at that point where you're like, you know, I'm done. I don't want any more part of this. This was a bad idea. But Ellie's still like, nope, even after all that, let's go for it. I've got a boner. <laughs> a revenge boner. Dun, dun, dun. Revenge boner of us, part three. So, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, I, I dig the way they did it. It'd be interesting to see it in different orders for sure. But I think that the order that they picked was definitely uh, captivating for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. Well, I think that is our episode. Thank you for joining us on this bonus episode. Keep in mind that we release episodes every Sunday, but occasionally if we both finish a game, we're going to do that spoiler cast. So if you have suggestions or requests for a spoiler cast, you can email them to mcpaperstacks at gmail.com. And if you want to get at Derek for his hot takes on The Last of Us Part 2, where can they find you at, Derek? Okay, if you want to hit me up, I'm on Twitter at goodies underscore more. And on Instagram at GamerGoodiesMore. And if you want to check out some of the cool items, video game related toys, everything under the sun, you can check out my eBay store at ebay.com slash str slash GamerGoodiesAndMore. Right on. All right. If you want to follow my hot takes and give me shit about liking Abby, you can tweet at me at, <laughs> at MikePetersonAL. Uh, check out my full playthrough of Last of Us Part 2 on MC Paperstacks Plays YouTube channel. You can also catch me Twitch streaming regularly at twitch.tv slash mcpaperstacks. My main stream is on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays at 8. Right now I'm playing through Final Fantasy VII Remake. I do Brawlers and Warriors games on Monday. Probably going to be playing uh, Hyrule Warriors. Although by the time this releases, I probably will have already played that. So never mind. And we're doing horror games on Fridays at 10. So Brawlers, Warriors games Monday at 9. Horror games at 10 on Fridays. And for the podcast itself, future episodes on every Sunday, the hub is anchor.fm slash player two is enter the pod. Uh, you can find us pretty much where podcasts are hosted. Breaker, Google Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. If you're on Facebook, I do run a gamer group there at facebook.com slash groups slash indie gamers. That is our show. All right. Thank you all for coming out. God bless you. Good night. Good night.